going to be really honest with you tonight. This is the hardest part of the week for me. Because I don't know what to feel. I know what to feel on Easter Sunday morning. I don't know what to feel on Friday. And that's why I think there are so many churches that don't do Good Friday services. I saw a church tonight that's already doing an Easter service. And, and good for them. But I think there are some reasons why we don't do Good Friday well. Good Friday unearths all of the stuff within our soul that we like to avoid. It unearths the doubt and the confusion, the pain, the grief, the emotions that we try to hide and avoid. And it isn't just us. It's, it's just our culture. It's the water we swim in. We don't deal well with death. We don't deal well with grief. There are many of us that have never cried in front of another person. We just don't go there. And so when it comes to the night that our Savior died, we are not at all clued in on what to do or how to feel. And that's why I'm so glad you came tonight. That you had the courage to show up to this space where none of us really know how to feel. Because at the heart of tonight is this moment when our Savior hangs on the cross. And that's why it's so ironic that we now call it Good Friday. There's some sectors of the church that call this day Great and Holy Friday. But long before it was good and long before it was great and long before it was holy, it was dark. Because the disciples didn't know what we know. None of us know what's going to happen on Tuesday or Thursday. And in the same way, they had no idea what was going to come next. All they know is they watched the sun fade and the clouds cover the sky as their master and their rabbi and their teacher and their friend and their hope and their savior was brutally and unjustly murdered before their eyes. And their world was shattered. And if we think we don't know how to feel, they had no earthly idea. Because Good Friday, this moment was never in the plans. It was never something that they had on their radar. That the man that they followed would be crucified. And yet, Jesus was hung on the cross And the moment that they expected never came. Tonight, I, I, I know so many of us know the story and know the beats that I want us to do something different. And I want to invite you tonight to, to close your eyes. And just for a moment, I want you to imagine, not with an image in front of you, but with your imagination, what it looked like for Christ to hang on that cross. I want you to imagine what his back looked like after, after being beaten with that whip with pieces of bone attached. I want you to imagine what it looked like and sounded like as he attempted to carry a crossbeam that weighed close to 130 pounds 
And he fell. 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 And a man named Simon gets pulled out of the crowd and given this crossbeam to carry to the top. I want you to imagine what it looked like for Jesus to be stripped bare, shamed, and humiliated. Stretched out on that cross. And then with nails. Attached to that cross. I want you to imagine what it felt like for him with every breath pulling him higher up on those nails and closer to his last breath. And then a moment happens that I want your eyes open for. If you'd open your eyes. The next moment comes as he's hanging on that cross. And it's a moment that our world is still trying to wrap its head around. That after he's been beaten and bruised and mocked and ridiculed and and exposed and shamed. He looks down on this crowd and he says these words. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. It's been 2,000 years and we're still trying to wrap our heads around how someone could go through all of that and choose to forgive. Because we've been treated far, far lighter and been unable to get that F word out of our mouth. And then he gets thirsty. He asks for a drink of bitter wine mixed with vinegar. And he says three words that are the reason that we're here tonight. When Jesus received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. He bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. It is finished. Those aren't words that we typically use unless we're being really melodramatic, you know. It is finished. I mean, we don't typically say those words. But we do say a similar phrase. One that I think all of us have known at some point or another. And it's this phrase. I'm done. You ever said that before? I'm done. Oh, I'm so done. I'm done with this. I'm done with this job. I'm done with this boss. I'm done with him. I'm done with her. I'm done with them. I'm done with this place. I'm done with this town. I'm done with this family. If you're a parent, I'm done with this attitude. We've all used this phrase at some point or another in our life. And it describes the feeling we get to when we've had it as far as we can have it and we're ready to have it no more. And I wonder tonight if this phrase maybe has new meaning in this context, and in this place. I've got a question for you. What do you want to be done with tonight? I heard you sing. 
when you were singing that song, help me lay it down, what were you thinking about? What is it that you want to lay down? What is it that you want to be done with? Over the last six weeks, we've talked about things like shame and addiction, and our families that we were born into, and disappointment, and our past, and our insecurity. In one of those weeks, did something come up in you that I just, I'm ready to be done with this? I'm ready to lay this down. Or maybe while you're singing that song, something came to mind and said, I'm, I want to lay this down. If you don't hear anything else that I say tonight, I hope you hear this. That we can be done because of what Jesus has done. This is why today is Good Friday. And this is why we can sing that song with hope and anticipation. Because we can be done because of what he's done. And I wonder tonight what it is you want to be done with. As a pastor, I always want to go first when I throw a challenge down. And so I want to tell you what I want to be done with. I want to be done with looking for my worth and value in numbers. As a writer and as a pastor and just as a person living in a social media-driven world, it is so easy for me to put my sense of worth and value in a number. The number of people who show up for a service like this. The number of people who will be here on Sunday. The number of people who will raise their hand and give their life to Christ on Sunday. The number of people who like or comment on something I post. The number of people who reply back to something I write. The number of people, the number of people, the number of people. And I asked my wife a few days ago as I was writing this message and feeling it was a little bit unfinished. I asked her, I said, hey, babe, what do you feel like I'm, I'm done with or I need to be done with? We were watching a cartoon last night with our kids, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she just said, numbers. I'm like, excuse me? We're watching dragons right now. What does numbers have to do with anything? And she said, numbers. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, you asked me what you're done with, and she said, you're done with numbers. She said, because I haven't heard you talk about numbers at all this year. And that's not who you used to be. She said, I have no idea what the numbers are right now at all. That's a good thing. And so for me tonight, what I'm laying down is that. I wonder what it is for you. When you walked in tonight, you got an index card. I want you to pull it out right now. When you walked in, you got an index card. It should look like this. And if you didn't get an index card, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand right now. We've got some ushers that will bring it to you. If you hold your hand high, hold it high. It's okay. Nothing to be ashamed about. You just don't have a card. We'll get you one right now. But pull out your card. And here's the question I want you to think about answering on your card. What do you want to be done with tonight? What do you want to lay down? What do you want to be done with because of what Jesus has done? I'm going to invite the band out right now, and they're going to lead us in a song. And while they're singing it, I want to encourage you to just reflect on this question. What do you want to be done with? And after they're done singing the song, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to give you some more instructions on what I want you to do. But just for this moment, I want you to think about this question. What 
do I want to be done with tonight? Jamie, why don't you guys lead us? Well, there's just one question. What's it going to be? How would you finish this sentence? If I can have that sentence on the screen. Tonight, I'm done with blank. Can you narrow down to a word? Can you narrow down to a phrase? You have a pen with you, or hopefully your neighbor has one, and I'd encourage you to take your card and write it down on your card. In a moment, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to invite you to bring your card to the front, and there are four baskets up here. They look like this. I'm going to encourage you to put your card in the basket. And Pastor Josh and I are going to put our, he's very gifted with tools, I'm not. We're going to put our limited tool ability to the test, and we're going to nail these to the cross as a sign that you can be done because of what he has done. And so I'm going to pray, and then whenever you're ready, we'd encourage you to bring your card forward. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for what you did. We thank you for those words. It is finished. We have nothing left to do. We have nothing left to prove. We have nothing left to earn. But what we do have is to enter in to the gift that you've given us. And so we pray that out of the broken vessels of our lives, out of these places where we've been defeated, beaten down, discouraged, confused, and lost. We pray that today would be a day of freedom. That as we lay these down, we wouldn't just be putting a card in a basket, but we'd be claiming what we have in you. That it's by your stripes that we are healed. That it's by your wounds that we're whole. That it's by your death that we are forgiven. That because of what you have done, Jesus, we can be done too. I pray you to meet us here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. When you're ready, come. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.